1: Hello, welcome to the Way Meditation Podcast. So today I'm in conversation with Olivia Arezzolo, who is a sleep expert. Now, as I say in the podcast, I wanted to talk to her because out of all of the meditations that I've put out, the sleep meditations are the most popular. Um, or one of the most popular for sure. And I am sure that there are thousands of people across the world who go to sleep with my voice in their ears every night. You know, they might just listen to a normal one, not, not just the sleep meditations. But sleep is something that can be really challenging. And it is such an important facet of our lives. It's such an important facet of our energy, of our physical and our mental health. So I thought that it would be fantastic to speak to Olivia, who is one of the, you know, Australia's, she's Australia's um, premier leading authority on sleep. So she does have a lot of wisdom, a lot of tips and tricks, a lot of information. And I always feel that when you are facing an issue, having the information to hand, educating yourself is one of the most important things to do so given that I know that a lot of you either use this podcast to go to sleep use my meditations to go to sleep or have sleep issues I give you the gift of Olivia Arezzola here we go I hope you enjoy it she's lovely all right here we go Okay so welcome to the Chakra Way meditation podcast and today I have the gorgeous Olivia um Are- oh, I didn't ask you how you pronounce your name Adzolo
2: see see
1: perfect and Olivia is a sleep expert Australia's premier sleep expert even though she's currently in Italy but so The reason why I wanted to talk to you, Olivia, is because out of all my podcasts that I do, the meditation podcasts that I do, one of the most popular, I think the top one is manifestation meditation, which kind of figures you can understand that one. But the next ones are my sleep meditations. And obviously, sleep is a big issue for a lot of people and um you know my soothing tones make people drift off fabulous I'm happy about that that makes me very happy but you are a sleep expert so I wanted to talk to you about more techniques and more you know the sort of almost the science behind and the energy behind the problems that we have with sleep
2: I would be more than happy to share that and yeah I feel like it's so valuable to, you know, understand the science because then you really get an appreciation about why sleep is so valuable and, you know, it makes it a greater priority for you. Um, so yeah, I would love to dive in and I'm happy to take to be led by you in exactly what you would want to find out. Well, first what- of all, let's I'd be
1: interested to to know how you came to be a sleep expert. You know, I mean you've obviously had your own journey with sleep issues so let's start there because then that's obviously going to relate I'm sure to lots of people who do have issues sleeping.
2: Sure um to be honest a lot of people they assume that and they think that but I actually haven't had my own sleep issues Mm
0: -hmm. what I
2: have had yeah what I have had though is a lot of mental health challenges um anxiety depression anorexia and that sort of started in my, like, when I was in my teens around, like it was really bad, around um, 14, I tried to take my own life. Mm. Fortunately, I didn't. Um, and then 16, I was hospitalized with anorexia for a good um, three, sorry, six weeks as an inpatient and three months as an outpatient. Um, so that was, there was a lot of resistance to, you know, get better. And there was a lot of, you know, a lot of the things that I, that I recall me saying to myself, I hear from my sleep clients and I hear from other people struggling that, you know, you think that nothing's ever going to get better and you think you're always going to be unwell and you think that everyone else has it sorted except you. Mm. And so, you know, these were the things that were ruminating in my head and, eventually I sort of realized that if I didn't put more energy into getting better than staying sick, that I was going to be one of those, um, one of the other girls in the hospital wards that I was seeing that was just going to be revolving in and out, in and out for the rest of my life. Mm. And I realized I didn't want that. And so I thought I really have to try and get better. I really have to step up and and go and move forward otherwise I'm just going to stay here and here is awful right now yeah. um so yeah so I used a lot of my support you know I had a like a team of coaches therapists you know and eventually I did I did get a lot better and you know began to enjoy my life again and you know move forward and I remember you know being able to laugh and enjoy my time and you know be freer from those thoughts that you know, I wasn't good enough and that I, you know, should just give up and, you know, nothing was working and all of that. I really moved into such a a lighter space, which was so beautiful and was like I had a new lease on life. And because of that, that's why I, want, I got into my coaching is because I wanted everyone to feel that um, transformation as I had myself
1: yeah yeah um, that's a big and- journey to come on as well and you know when you are in that state you know when your energy is in that anxious depressed you know and you've you've got this this mm-hmm. I don't know it's it must be like a a thought process that has become hardwired mm-hmm. into you mm-hmm. that I yeah. know I can't pretend that I know much about anorexia um but I know that it's it's a, it's very much that thought process that, that rules you. And it take, yeah. must take so much strength and courage and vulnerability all at the same time to pull yourself out of that. And mm. to have support is the most mm. important thing. Definitely. I think when we're trying to create transformation within ourselves, you know, we need to have you know it takes a village you know we need to have that support around us don't we that that Mm -hmm. shows you that you can do it that gives you the the tools if you like to to create change within yourself yeah
2: definitely I think you know although you might not have had um you know anorexia I'm sure that you know everyone has had their own their own challenges with mental health. I, I, I rarely know a person who's come to me and said, I have had no problems with mental health at all. I have never been anxious or depressed. Yeah. If, if you know that person, you should send them that way away because I'm going to quiz them on all the things they're doing. But, oh, you know, exactly. I feel like, um, you know, so my, my challenges were around like, you know, the, I guess the behavior was anorexia and but the thought pattern is really similar to the people that I coach for my for sleep. It's that, you know, that they, they're doing everything, but nothing's working, that they'll never get help, that, you know, it's too much effort. It's too hard mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that they're always going to end up reverting back. You know, these are common Common thoughts that don't just apply to one mental illness—they're actually across the board, mm. and that's sort of why. So after I had my experience, I didn't just want to just do like eating disorders because I had had experience not just with eating disorders, but also like depression and anxiety. And so I just wanted to help people feel their best inside and out. Mm. And you know, so I coupled my experience and I studied because I thought, okay, how how am I going to help people feel their best inside and out? Um, having, you know, having an understanding of psychology, sleep, um, nutrition and fitness. Mm. And so I studied for nine years and I got all my degrees. And then that's, then I started coaching. And then I started coaching different areas. And it just turns out I was really good at helping with sleep. My sleep clients were getting great results. And then I dug into it more and I realized that everyone was struggling with sleep and nobody knew what to do about it. And I thought, you know, I feel like there's a space for me to be a leader in this field because I've always envisaged myself as a leader. Like ever since I was literally like five years old. And I used to stand in front of the mirror and dance and sing and pretend <laughs> that there was like a crowd outside. And I was just like. You know, the, right? Has arrived. <laughs> right. Right. I always I always saw myself as being a leader and then I noticed with sleep, there was such a massive need for it. And I was like, who's a sleep leader that I know in Australia? You know, like and I was like, there's no one. I was like, oh, I think I think I can be the sleep leader. And so I specialized on my work and then the universe gave me very, very strong signals. I'm I'm quite intuitive as as you are. And um, you know, it gave me really strong signals. It wasn't just that everyone was coming to me for sleep advice that was one but also in terms of my media presence you know within months of specializing um you know two of the biggest brands in the bedding world Sealy fosteropedic and ikea approached me to be their media spokesperson wow. like huge that you is, know like yeah huge like that's a big like, sign there going yes right you're doing the right thing how gorgeous. exactly yeah and so I just really trusted that and that was, you know, 2018 and really just continued on that journey, you know, being um, you know, in more like been writing more and you know, now I've done a lot of T V, you know, be it Studio Ten or Sunrise or The Today Show and then Forbes featured me last year, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I yeah, I think and then I wrote a wrote a book last year as well, yeah, I wrote a book and it was published this year, Bear Lion Wolf. Um So, yeah, so So you have
1: found a really important niche to fill. And this is one that's obviously like really required by a lot of people. And it's been received really, really well by the sounds of it, you know, all this attention is is exactly what you want when you find your niche and you go, yeah, I've landed in exactly the sweet spot, Mm. that's perfect. Mm. So we can be assured that you know your stuff, you know what you're talking about here. So let's get into the the sort of the the meaty bit of helping people so I know those people who lie awake at night have now got their ears pricked up and I have to confess that I have always said that sleeping is one of my talents I am a very good sleeper I can lie down have a nap anywhere I get into bed I 10 minutes, I'm gone and I'll sleep, you know. So I have never had a sleep issue. So I can't pretend that I understand mm. what it feels like. Yes, I've had nights where I can't go to sleep and you toss mm. and you turn, but eventually I go off and it. it's not something that stresses me out. But I can imagine if you get into your bed and you've got this anxiety rising of like, am I actually going to go to sleep or not? Or that inevitability of, well, I'm just going to lie here. Like that must be so... just exhausting mentally and physically so talk me around the the science of what it is that that stops people from being able to just fall asleep Mm.
2: so on a psychological level usually it's anxiety um you know that sense that they've just got so many thoughts in their head that they just can't switch off that you know that yeah their mind is just too busy Mm. Um, you know there are many reasons why we have that anxiety. you know it's it's like it might be due to our overwhelming schedules, you know, that that we don't make space for breaks throughout the day. and so that by the time we get to the end of the day, the brain is still in that very fast paced, um you know, high brainwave, high brainwave activity. And so just because it's eleven o'clock at night, if you've been, if you've been functioning you know, as on an alpha or beta brainwave, which is what we're, we're in right now, mm. just because it is 11 p.m. at night, if your brain is trained to be in those brainwaves, it's very hard to shift down into those slower brainwave patterns such as theta, which will then allow you to dive into deeper sleep um, such as delta. So what happens is our brains are neurologically wired to be in the fast lane essentially but in order to fall asleep with ease we need to go from fast da- shift it down with gear into the slower lane and then that allows us to go into that slowest lane mm. um, but the thing is that why people find that so difficult so one anxiety and stress is one factor but it's also that that brain activity that speed of brain activity that it, that means that we cannot fall asleep that we struggle to switch off that's also catalyzed by blue light now blue light as in things from our phone, exactly right we had a great discussion about phones before and <laughs> I, for, I fortunately i don't have a phone that i can show you right now because yeah i got a bit italian and anyway um so phones are extremely bad as are regular ceiling lights as are computer screens as are kindles as are tvs now blue light suppresses melatonin our primary sleepiness hormone when back yonder year the absence of light which is normal in the evening mm. allowed our body to produce this sleepiness hormone melatonin that is a signal why we fall and stay asleep yeah however humans got really smart and we think ah, oh, we can have light whenever we want artificial light yeah. devices three centimeters away from our phone so yeah. then all of a sudden we're getting our brains because our brains haven't evolved just because we have artificial light. Mm. Our brains are still neurologically wired. Light equals be alert. Mm. And so our we've got light everywhere in the evening. So our brains are thinking it's time to be alert and awake. And so therefore all of the thoughts that, that those thoughts, you know, those, oh, I've got to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, just because it's 11 o'clock at night. The brain has no idea that it's 11 o'clock at night because all it knows is that there's light everywhere yeah. therefore i should be alert and awake
1: yeah yeah i mean it's that in terms of you know in energetic terms and when i'm talking about sleep and in terms of the chakras it's all about third eye which encompasses in a physical terms your actual eyes and in terms of your endocrine system it's your pituitary gland so when the light enters into your eyeballs it goes through and um you know these beautiful braids of of nerves take straight through into the pituitary gland which is the one that produces the am i right in thinking it's the pituitary gland that produces melatonin that that gives you that so is that so it manages your circadian rhythms your your um and so it's it's really clear yeah you know i mean really not that long ago terms of evolution we you know got dark went to sleep (laughs) and now we can't do that and it's this blue light so again you know this is another interesting thing to me because blue is um one of the higher frequency Mm. color ranges or vibration Mm. isn't it so would having like a red light or you know which is the sort of the opposite end of the of the spectrum is that something that you know if you put on your rose tinted spectacles as you went into the evening would that how does how does the blue light versus other lights of what is it that that does the does the damage if you like
2: yes. so exactly as you have identified very smart I love it um so blue light is the one that uh, suppresses melatonin specifically that wavelength it's like 450 nanometers to five something um but red light does not suppress Sorry, it does not suppress melatonin in the same way so how to manage blue light and how to manage evening light because i don't feel it's reasonable for me to say okay well blue light's a problem so i want you to walk around in darkness after yeah you know,
1: for switch off all your devices <laughs> switch off the television. right it's i just not gonna happen. exactly
2: yeah, yeah. exactly right exactly right but you know the uh the management is to in in the home you have red lights like a kid's night light. now that actually allows the body to produce melatonin so you stay and you, you find it easier to fall asleep and you stay asleep throughout the night um, another management strategy is wearing those red, um, blue light glasses and orange tinted blue light glasses. And I have recommendations. I'm happy to share with your audience the show notes, no problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, because what that does is you can still have a small amount of light entering to, you know, ha- help you see, but it doesn't compromise melatonin production, um, to the so- extent or to any of the extent that because they're 100%, 100% blue light blocking and so it's just so the, the body can still produce melatonin.
1: So if you were to put on these these blue light blocking glasses which I'm imagining are sort of you know red-ish affair mm-hmm. and you were to look at a screen look at your phone or the television or whatever, What? how does it alter what you see? I mean, could you pop them on at sort of nine o'clock at night whilst you're still watching television in the hope that you can just turn it off, go upstairs, have a shower, get into bed, go to sleep? Like, so without doing a whole big wind down thing,
2: mm-hmm. does
1: it, Can you? can you, I guess my question is, can you actually watch television or look at devices and see it normally with these
2: glasses on? you can definitely watch tv it's definitely not a normal experience it has it looks it looks red or it looks yeah. orange yeah but um okay. i don't think that's yeah i don't think that's a major problem because then it then it probably won't encourage you to stay on it so long <laughs> no exactly and you're finding that, that you find
1: that this really makes a significant difference to
2: yeah so there's 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 nothing that has greater control over the circadian rhythm than and over our melatonin levels than blue light.
1: So do you think, so what I, I, I completely understand that the science behind it is irrefutable, that's, it works and that's, that's really clear Um, and I get that from, you know, from, from coming at it from a sort of chakra point of view with the science, it all lands up in exactly the same place but there's an interesting sort of psychological part of it to me that is it, is it's does the placebo effect of it also have an effect? Like, you know, you've got your glasses on, you go, okay, so this means I'm going to go to sleep. So you're telling yourself that that is a possibility and that Uh, therefore makes it more likely. Do you think there's that? For sure.
2: Like, like, absolutely. And like, you know, placebo effect in, in, in clinical research, the placebo effect is more powerful than anything. Yeah. Um, and so, and equally, you know, I think, I think that's really relevant when people are undergoing stress. A lot mm-hmm. of people tell themselves, I don't sleep well when I'm stressed. Yeah. So they do everything, but psychologically they're preparing themselves and they're telling themselves stress equals I don't sleep well and so they can do everything but they don't sleep well because they're writing their own you know their, their own story in that they can do everything but they're not going to sleep well yeah they're um
1: it's like they're manifesting a correct s- their sleep issue yeah
2: correct yeah um so yeah it's it, but it's interesting because you know I know this science of you know blue light and you know scientifically it is the it is the most, uh, you know, it has the greatest influence over, over our circadian rhythm. But, and you can't even test for this because it's it's not possible. You know, what's the power of belief? It's a big yeah.
1: question. It's right. You can't you can't quantify that. I mean i I guess you could give people say you know you could give a test group the real glasses and say these are going to help you sleep and then you could give another test who don't know what the real glasses look like and they've got i don't know green light or something you know different and go these are going to help you sleep and see but yeah i it's it's a belief system that will assist i suppose it's giving yourself permission isn't it to to so the the blue the the this blue light. Blue light glasses or anti-blue light glasses are obviously a really big factor for anybody who's having you know big sleep issues. Yeah. Uh, um, it's
2: it's it's not even anyone who's having big sleep issues, it's anyone who wants to improve their sleep. If yeah. there is one thing I can tell you that is going to make a difference, it's that. Yeah. Like, and so but it's quite funny because I feel like everyone does all the other things. Like, you know, they'll take the magnesium or they'll, you know, use a bit of lavender or they'll, you know, shut off from screens an hour early. It's like you can do all of these things, but if you block out blue light for at least two hours before bed, three hours, if you're a late chronotype, a wolf, if you don't know your chronotype, take the link in my bio. I will share with you you guys. Yeah, 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 right? Mm. But, yeah, basically, if you are not blocking out blue light for two hours before bed, You can do everything else right, but you're still going to struggle to sleep. And so rather than trying to do everything except the really important thing, I think it's much more uh, strategic and effective to do the really important thing first. Yeah,
1: Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And so sleep quality, I mean, the the quality of, of sleep. Affects us hugely. We all know how crappy we feel if you get, you know, if you go to bed super late or you wake up super, you know, whatever, if you don't have enough sleep, how bad it is. But there's been a lot of studies recently, I know, that really show very significantly what not sleeping properly does. And also, there's an awful, the other thing I want to ask you about is that there's a lot of studies, you know, every so often you read a study that goes, yeah eight 8 hours is absolutely what you need and then another one that goes no six six or seven is fine on other ones that go yeah if you get four or five then you're good to go so
2: in mm. your in your opinion what what is or is it different for everybody what so this- 95% of the population needs 7 to 9 hours right. that's not to say that their 5% doesn't exist but it's very unlikely that you are in that night that ninety five that five percent because you're ninety five percent more likely to be in that group yeah. of seven to nine hours um but yeah, like there is I think belief does come in here again, you know, like some people tell themselves, no, no, I only need you know six hours sleep mm-hmm. um I think that's one factor, another factor is that. The way that sleep deprivation affects the brain is that it primarily impacts the frontal lobe, which is responsible for decision-making and judgment. So usually you're sleep deprived, but because you are sleep deprived, you do not have full cognitive awareness and capacity to make reasonable judgments. So you think you are doing okay, but actually you are not. But because your brain the that brain region is impaired, you are completely unaware. yeah um I think and I think um, yeah, that, that's that's a big factor. yeah, your your judgment is impaired. Um, and I think another factor is um, when you when you don't sleep enough, your stress hormone cortisol increases by around about 37%. And that's even after just one night of insufficient wow. sleep. Which yeah. is huge. So what and what this does in terms of the brain is it makes us more irritable and more emotional, uh, less stable, and it makes it it increases the likelihood that the decisions we make will be more reflective of decisions based of you when you're in that fight or flight mode, which mm-hmm. is that you, they don't necessarily make sense. They're very short term, um, you know, poor judgment ag- again. Yeah. So I think that's a factor as well. So, you know, a lot of people think that not need eight hours of sleep, but actually you probably do. It's just that your brain is sleep deprived and can't detect it.
1: Mm, yeah so obviously you know it's it's a wonderful moment in our day when we do manage to drift off and the benefit is obvious you know we we can't function you know sleep depri- deprivation is a form of torture and mm-hmm. has been you know it's it's a, a fundamental part for us <clears throat> excuse me so what I, I wanted to ask you what what the difference is scientifically between somebody who just finds it difficult to go to sleep at night and has anxious and and insomnia, mm. where and I know that some people have insomnia in that they go to sleep fine, so they get up into bed, they go to sleep, sleep you know maybe two three three and a half hours something like that, and then. It's one, two, three in the morning, and they're wide awake, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, I, I know. Insomnia is very is a whole different ball game in terms of sleep issues, perhaps. But yeah, educate yeah. me. What? Well, how do we deal with that? What is it? And because if you can go to sleep, but then you wake up having had not sufficient sleep, how? Mm-hmm. Why is that? And how do we deal mm-hmm. with that?
2: loaded question there. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. So that's all all good. All good. So first, um, insomnia. So I'm a bit resistant to, you know, labels because Mm. really insomnia is just a label just as in, are you clinic? Do you have a, you know, clinically diagnosed depression or are you just depressed? It doesn't make a difference. i you know, in terms of insomnia, like even if i don't meet the clinical criteria which is that you know i've had difficulty sleeping you know at least 3 times at least 3 times a week for 3 months it's like even if you don't meet that 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 criteria does that mean that you do not have a problem or that you should not try and improve your sleep not at all i just just as equally as in just because you may not meet the diagnostic criteria for an anxiety disorder or depression doesn't mean you should, you don't have a mental health problem. Mm. You know, it's so insomnia. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a, you know, it's, it's just a clinical term of, you know, um, categorization system. But it's
1: a label that people fear and it's a label that people are given, you know, if they go to their doctor with, you know I'm exhausted, I can't sleep, you know, and the doctor will go, oh, you've got insomnia here, mm-hmm. have some pills, these will help you sleep, or yeah. whatever, whatever it is, you know, but it is a it is a, a buzzword. It is a label that is out there. And people, you know, quite, you know, they fear it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to hear you say that actually it that is all it is, is a label. Um, it's a label.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think I think uh, you know it's a label that helps others categorize us. Mm. So the doctor, the, doctor allow, the doctor says, well, you're an insomniac because then they can put you in a box. Mm. But my problem is with labels like that is I don't care if you are clinically diagnosed with insomnia or not. If you are coming to me and you're saying I have a problem sleeping, then that's a problem that I want to fix. I don't care if if it's most nights or it's three times a week for the past three months. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. you have a problem. Yeah, but also it doesn't. You know, I have a very holistic, um, holistic, uh, you know, perspective on health. Just because it's not a problem doesn't mean you don't want to improve it. Yeah. You know, like what about the high, what about those individuals that like biohackers? they don't necessarily have, or, you know, people who just like to optimize just because you don't have a sleeping problem. Doesn't mean you can't use these tips and tricks to get better sleep and experience a better quality of life. Yeah. Um, but looping back to your question, you know, I think anyone, you know, with a sleeping problem, it can range from being unable to fall asleep, being unable to stay asleep, you know, waking frequently through the night, or even just waking once and being unable to return to sleep. It can also be, it can also manifest in you know, waking up and sleeping really lightly all, all night. So you still feel exhausted when you wake up. Mm. It can also be that you're exhausted throughout the day. You know, these these are all signals that you are not getting the sleep quality you need. And that's just in terms of your energy levels. You know, if you turn if you think about mental health-wise, like if you're feeling continuously flat and and fatigued. And then on the other hand, you might, you might be feeling really anxious and stressed and wired, but tired, yeah. you know, cognitively, if you're making lots of mistakes, if you have that chronic brain fog, if you are experiencing memory loss, if you are, you know, physiologically, if you are constantly getting sick, if you are, um, sorry, I lost my train of if you're constantly, constantly getting sick. Yeah. And if even if you even there's a lot of clinical links to to physiological um, conditions, including like obesity and being overweight and heart conditions and type two diabetes and cardiovascular yeah. conditions. All, yeah. of these, all. all of these, all of these. When this this just shows us that sleep is really important.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, like it's something that it, we take for granted. You know, right? we we as a as a you know society i think we we take it very much for granted and we don't you know some people i guess you know their bed is their absolute haven and i'm i'm like that i love being in my bed but your description there of all the different issues that surround sleep leads me on nicely to ask you about these these types these um which is the title of your book um uh, Bear 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 lion wolf
0: fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com so these are three
1: types so you kind of most people i would imagine fall into one or of these these types Mm. so um in the specific um instruction to each type as to how to solve their sleep issues so mm-hmm. just talk me through what the just loosely what they what they are these these types
2: sure so you have an so the first chronotype is a lion um, i say the first because they're the ones that like to get up the earliest and like to go to bed the earliest. Okay. Um, so that's in terms of their sleep quality usually Compared to bears and wolves, they have the le- they have the fewest they have the fewest sleep problems, but that doesn't mean that they're not still challenged by the problems that we all face, such as difficulties falling asleep and you know sleeping deeply. Um, but I think it's really interesting to know that you know outside of outside of you know the actual what it predicts about our sleeping habits, chronotypes also predict what health conditions that are most relevant to their group as, as well as personality traits, as well as productivity right. times. Yeah. It's like lions um, of all the sleep type. They have the greatest problem with anxiety. Um, and I'll continue on the lion path for now and then I'll get to the others later. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they have the greatest problem with anxiety, but overall they are the most health oriented and so they have the fewest health problems overall. Productivity-wise, they're the best in the morning. So you know, best before midday, and that's also when they um, they should do all of their you know most important cognitive, complex cognitive tasks. Um, so that's a lion. Then you've got the then you've got the one at the other spectrum end of the spectrum, which is, which is a wolf. Now they are the real night owl of of the bunch and i'm sure you know these and i'm sure you know wolves because they're the ones that you know they want to stay up all night or maybe not all night but you know they're happy to go to bed at say 12 1 o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. do not want to wake in the morning until at least 8 a.m and that's like that's that would be the earliest time if they if they chose yeah um these individuals, because so they actually have the greatest sleep problem. So they find it's really hard to switch off in the evening and wake up in the morning. And this is because they have on a biological level, a, what's called a delayed circadian phase. So although it is, you know, 10 PM or 11 PM by the clock time, as in, you know, on our watch internally. They have a delayed phase release of melatonin, that sleepiness hormone, which means they don't produce the peak melatonin until much later in the evening, which means that when they're asked to go to bed at, say, 10 or 11 o'clock, they don't have the physiological signals in their body to actually fall sleepy. So this is like Sorry. most teenagers then yes so <laughs> being a wolf is most common for teens
1: yeah and
2: yeah. yeah like that he's like I can't it right. for like, oh, about three and then he's right till midday I'm like just oh, wasting your life you know <laughs> which but it's interesting because it sounds like you know it, it might sound frustrating but and it might think you might you know I think a lot of a lot of us think oh you know it's because you know they're often you know just on like gaming all night or you know talking to their friends online or you know on their phones or whatever yeah. but being a wolf having that delayed circadian phase occurs in every single mammal that goes through puberty really? so it's yeah it's it's the it's the biological changes that happen within the brain in a brain area called the SCN which actually delay that release and so what happens is you can take away all the blue light, all of the devices, all of the screens, they are still going to have that delayed phase. And so I feel like this, this really needs to be communicated because I feel like teams have, you know, their it's actually really hard for them to go to bed and it's actually like not really their fault. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, the, a lot of what teenagers get harangued for is not really their fault. It is all down yeah. to their poor hormones and their development. And yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, talking about my son, you know, I know how he's really productive during those hours, you know, between right. like, no, no, I'm going to bed. It's like 11 o'clock or whatever. And he's up for another four hours, but he gets stuff done during that time and uh,
2: he's not exactly TV, he was 22 yeah so yeah. Anyway, it's it's relevant um but then yeah that then so that's the other end of the spectrum and then we have in the middle of those two which are the majority of people which are bears um, um bears they like to yeah rise usually around seven go to bed usually around 11 um because sleep problems are so widespread a lot of bears do have typical problems with falling asleep and staying asleep. Um, Energy-wise, they find that they have stable energy but can struggle to, you know, wake up in the morning before without a coffee and also have that, they very commonly have that 3 p.m. slump. Mm. Um, and so a lot of bears have problems because to get through that 3 p.m. slump, they'll usually use caffeine and then that, the compromises their sleep that night. Yeah, um, yeah. And in terms of health conditions, the most common for a bear is actually um, burnout. Sorry, burnout and and depression.
1: Right. So
2: they're the they're they're the ones that um, yeah, the energy compared to the other two is the lowest.
1: Right. So. This is fantastic. I love that because it's very clear and we all can see those three types and understand them very clearly. Um, But as as I think I'm probably a fairly typical bear. And so what I would love to know is if you've got any tips and I want to come back to have more tips about finding your sleep rhythm and how you get into you know a really good lovely sleep pattern um but first of all have you got any tips for that 3 p.m slump because I know that I have that I generally have a cup of tea being British I will have a nice cup of strong strong English tea and that sorts me out for the rest of the day but if I'm particularly tired of course I reach for a biscuit I go for something sweet you know and that it lifts you makes you feel better in that moment but literally within half an hour I'm just like oh I just need to go to sleep mm. like seriously I could just nap now so that's obviously best avoided like the, the sugar blood sugar going up and then you have the inevitable crash but how do we deal with it if if we are, um, you know, big into our coffee, and we need lots of coffee to keep us going in the morning, get us going in the morning, and then we need another coffee in the afternoon. But that is affecting our sleep. What tips do you have for for people who who are sort of battling with that side of mm. of the sleep, um, you know, that that battle?
2: That battle, absolutely. So, um, one thing, you know, in terms of my recommendations I don't recommend caffeine after 12 o'clock for anyone mm. it's, it's what caffeine does and and I'll, I'll, I'll include this because otherwise somebody's just like okay I get it you know I shouldn't have caffeine no but it's really important when you know what it does then you're like okay it makes a bit more sense okay so there's this hormone called adenosine which caffeine suppresses Adenosine is a sleep-promoting hormone. Just like melatonin, it helps us fall asleep. But the reason why adenosine builds up is through being awake. And so this is why you get to the end of a day, and it's not just melatonin that's making you sleepy, but your levels of adenosine are really high. If you have caffeine, now what this does is it masks the effect of adenosine. So then you're super, super stimulated and you think, I don't need to be asleep at all. I'm really alert and awake and this is great. I'm doing all of my activities, right? Which is great whilst that caffeine is masking you. Mm. And then the caffeine wears off. And not only do you have the buildup from adenosine before, But you've also been awake longer, so you've given more of a built-up. So that's why you have that caffeine crash. Mm. And energetically, what do you do then? Then you think, oh, God, I've reached for either another coffee or another stimulant or some sugar to pep you back up. And so it goes on this wild roller coaster. And the reason a lot of people need adenosine in the morning, sorry, need caffeine in the morning is because they they're actually not getting the sleep quality they need to feel rested and rejuvenated, and so you're arriving to the day and your body is already fatigued. Yeah, I mean, I find it quite
1: alarming that the vast majority of adults find that they they tell themselves they cannot start the day, they cannot even have a conversation before they've had, you know, however many cups of tea or coffee but they've had their caffeine input and they feel like that's the only thing that gets them going. And I know that people listening to this will go, yeah, that's me. I can't even do anything before I've I've had my first cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. So
2: how do you how do you how to remedy? Okay, so there are really some really great natural tools that we have at our at our arms reach. I can't emphasize the importance of light enough. (laughs) light in during the day and to wake us up is actually really helpful so when we're exposed to light it reduces that sleepiness hormone melatonin so we naturally feel more alert it also produces helps us helps us produce serotonin an awakening hormone which also is our feel-good hormone Mm -hmm. which is exactly why we feel so good in the sunshine because Mm -hmm. our, our cells are producing happiness hormones So light is one of the best tools. So, you know, even if you're super exhausted, even simply just going to sit in the sun, that is going to bring your energy levels up. Yeah. Outside of that, going for a walk or doing brisk exercise, there was a research paper that found 15 minutes of stair climbing boosted energy levels more so than a 50 milligram shot of an espresso. (laughs) really seriously right yeah right and so you know imagine a walk in the sunshine yeah great
1: I mean for me my prescription would be a few good sun salutations you know a nice good flowing so that's this is the other thing that I wanted to ask you about because obviously as a yoga teacher you know I'm, I'm interested just as a lay person about this about sleep but as a yoga teacher and a breathing you know pranayama and meditation teacher um, you know the importance of the breath, the importance. so do you do you, manipulate, do you use the breath as a tool? Because I know if I'm lying in bed and the thoughts are racing, what I do is I just bring my attention to my nostrils and I just observe my breath. I can use a you know fair few different number of breath techniques that I know are going to soothe my nervous system and quieten my brain. But do you ever, do you use any of that as well, breath work? Because I find that that's that what works if I have a trouble.
2: Um, it's something that I have used with some clients. Mm. And it's, I do recommend it sometimes. But I don't necessarily recommend it all the time because I feel like a lot of people are not familiar with it. And it actually creates more anxiety. Because they they don't they don't they they they're already anxious trying to get to bed, and then I'm suggesting to do something that they're they're also anxious about, and they're just even more anxiety, and it's just yeah. that. that. Whereas makes, that makes
1: sense, yeah.
2: yeah wh- whereas if somebody's actually familiar with it, then mm. 100% I recommend meditation, um, breath work, um, you know, even some yoga. But if they're not familiar, then I don't want to increase their anxiety even further. That's yeah but in terms of you that's <laughs> no, yeah, <I> very <laughs> considerate very yeah. helpful Perfect, um, because yeah. yeah because in terms of the actual research there's phenomenal research around like particularly around the emphasis of uh so on, on meditation um which is you know just essentially reflective of breath work and breathing uh you know long-term meditators spend three times as long in slow wave deep sleep than non-meditators and they have four times the amount of melatonin compared to non-meditators. Wow! And medit and also people who meditate. So the same people on the nights they meditate, compared to those that on the nights they don't, have higher levels of melatonin. So oh, there's there there's a lot of evidence, and I, I'm you know I'm uh, the the lovely fellow who connected us, Tom Cronin. Hi, yeah. Tom thank you. Um, He's actually, he taught me to meditate and, you know, I'm a big, big fan and I know how grounding it is, how calming it is, how soothing it is. Um, And so, you know, I encourage everyone to learn how to meditate and, you know, practice that. And then, you know, you can follow along with, with, you know, your breath and that can be the grounding that you need, but at the same time, you know, appreciating that it doesn't just happen, you know, overnight, like, yeah, learning how to breathe properly takes time. Yeah. So give yourself support and, you know, learn how to do it properly and give yourself time to do that. And then implement that before bed. And it'll be a, it'll be revolutionary for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I absolutely. I mean, I think you're, you're preaching to the converted here, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a, you know, hopefully everybody who's listening to this also listens to my meditations. So (laughs) hopefully already feel the benefit and and i know that you know because i said it like i said at the beginning you know there's my sleep meditation where i just sort of try and soothe people in and lead them with that breath work um and soothing and relaxing and so you know I, i hopefully that's that also helps um so Olivia I'm I'm really excited but you're you've got so much going on on your website you've got the great there's this lovely test that I did I did it I'm bear. um hey.
2: <laughs>
1: and I've been getting all your beautiful emails that come through
2: ah.
1: lovely and they're so supportive and it's really nice actually just to have that you know especially when you've talk to somebody to have that you know they're dropping into your inbox and just going hey you know I'm here for you and so I recommend that everybody go and check out the show notes and um, and log on and do their test and find out what type they are because as Olivia rightly says you know there's so many things that you can do and even if you sleep well it's so important to like increase that increase the the efficiency of our sleep because mm-hmm. we spend I don't know. You'll how much proportion of our life do we spend one
2: third. One third of our life is sleep,
1: and it's such valuable time for. I mean, what do we do when we're asleep?
2: All, all Rest- of the things that we've just said, you know, processed. helps us men- mentally, physically, yeah. Yeah. emotionally. Exactly, exactly.
1: So, thank you so much for joining me today, Olivia. Oh,
2: thank you. It's been such a such a pleasure, and uh, definitely the the best part of my day so far <laughs>
1: oh gosh well that's really sweet of you thank you knowing how your day's been that's not a huge compliment but I take <laughs> it
2: <laughs> but thank it's you for joining it been beautiful yeah thank you thank you and I, I cannot wait to um hear everyone who listens and you know if anyone wants to find me um yeah taking my test I would love to know what your sleep type is and connecting on Instagram as well I'm um, if you type in sleep expert, I'm usually one of the first pops up or I'm Olivia Rizzolo. I'll we'll put in the show notes. And yeah, really would love to hear any feedback from the show or you know what the best takeaway is and just hear from all your community.
1: That would be wonderful. So yes, get on it, people. Thank you so much.
2: Amazing.
1: Thank you for listening today to the Chakraway Meditation Podcast. I hope that um, Olivia has managed to enlighten you uh, a little bit, educated you in terms of how to get a good night's sleep because, my goodness, we know how very, very important that is. So, of course, getting in touch with Olivia, simply oliviaaratzolo.com. Dot au in fact so i'll put the put her contact in the show notes for you and you can get in touch her website's beautiful and it has all the um the quiz and her availability for her book and she does a sleep school she does workshops she does speaking so there's a lot of stuff there she's a she's a quite a big deal in australia certainly and globally becoming global as well um, so yeah, I want you to give me some feedback. Um, if you get, you know, if you get something out of this, then obviously we were, we're asking for feedback and I do love a bit of feedback. The other thing that I would love is if you are enjoying these podcasts to rate and review, to share it with your friends, um, because that just really helps. You know, if you think this is valuable content, then share it. I would be very grateful. And of course, if you want to get in touch with me, I am at uh, chakra-way.com. So I hope that I will hear from you. I will certainly see you again soon. More conversations, more meditations, always coming your way. Until then, take care. Lots of love. Bye now.